Welcome to the Faith and Good Counsel Show, where we hope to inspire joy-filled lives through conversations at the crossroad of mental health, wellness, and faith. And now your host, Stacy Galino. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. I am really delighted about the episode today. I have a new guest, someone I can't wait to introduce you to. And I'm so, so excited because he has agreed to do his own podcast. And in fact, we're going to be producing that right here in the Faith and Good Counsel Studios in Our Lady of Perpetual Help Chapel, y'all. I'm so, I can't wait. His name is Father Paul Gross, and he is a a holy priest in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And I'm going to introduce you to him just in just a minute. But first, I want to invite you to visit me out at StacyGalino.com. I hope that you'll subscribe there so that we can keep in touch. I can let you know when I have new content coming up or events coming up. Um, there are a lot of exciting things happening in the Faith and Good Council Apostolate this, this coming year. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Father Paul Gross. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show, Father. Hi, Stacy. Good to be here, for sure. Well, we've been talking <clears throat> And we have some plans, and we're we're kind of putting our heads and hearts together. And I really feel strongly, and maybe you do too, Father, that this is a Holy Spirit thing. You know, as I've been attending daily Mass with my husband at St. George Catholic Church in Baton Rouge, and that was a, a gentle but very firm invitation from God the Father, which I heard in my spirit last year in May. I remember it was in May, and it was... I want you at Mass with your husband in the mornings. But it was still an invitation. But I said, well, yes, because prior to that, didn't want to get up that early. It's early morning. You might can understand that. (laughs) (laughs) But look at what has happened, because I have been so graced to be able to receive from, from both you, Father Paul Gross, as well as Father Mike, who is the pastor there, but I've been I've been watching you and listening to you, and I realized you have an incredible gift, and that we have conversations that you and I could have that integrate faith and mental health, which is exactly faith and overall human person health, you know, which is sure. exactly what this show was originally intended to be. And so you have agreed, let me announce, to do a new streamed podcast. And the, the the podcast, Father, is, tell us what the name of the podcast is. Pondering Things Catholic. Yes. Sure. Po- yeah. So I think we talked about, and maybe we're still playing with this, but Catholic Things to Ponder. Catholic Things to Ponder. Yeah. <laughs> pondering Things Catholic. Pondering Things Catholic. I like Pondering <laughs> Things Catholic, actually. We might switch that around. So you know what? This is real, and we're just being open to it, and we're pondering on it. Exactly. But I think that Allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us. Exactly, because we're not doing... This is not about us, no right? No way. That's right. So I am sure that my listeners want to hear about who is Father Paul Gross and why have why has the Lord sent him to to the studios to to record a, a podcast? What does he have to share with us? So maybe tell us a little bit about you, Father. Okay. Well, I'm um, born and raised Catholic here in Baton Rouge. Um, come from a Catholic family, and so uh, faith was always a part of our household growing up. Um, would I say it was always the center? No. But we did have uh, faith. You know, we did grace before meals, bedtime prayers with the Mass every Sunday. Um, our parish was a part of our life. And so went to Catholic school. 
Um, I grew up basically an only child. I have one half sister who's 12 years older than me. Um, but I guess by the time I was of age, she was out of the house and, um, but grew up pretty much an only child. Um, mom and dad are still together and it was probably around middle school, um, that I really got more into my faith and it was through my mother who had some eye surgeries and kind of had a reversion into her Mm. face. She really got into, she joined a prayer group and we started praying the rosary um, as a family at least once a week on Sunday evening. And, um, from there, faith was, became stronger and stronger and stronger until finally senior year of, um, of high school. I remember and believe it or not, I never really asked myself this question. It was never posed to me is, um, the question of like, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? Those deep, deep, Mm. deep questions that some people unfortunately may not ask themselves until they're in their sixties or fifties or sixties. And, Mm. um, but I began to ask myself that question and it kind of was spurred from a, a a moment that I had with, um, an acquaintance who said he was thinking about going to the seminary. And I was like, wow, you know, this God has a plan for him. How does he know that? And well, does God have a plan for me? What is that plan? And, if I believe God to be good and to trust him, that that's where I'm going to be the best version of myself and the happiest. And um, so I just, that little question, those questions were planted in my heart and I began to ponder them as I went off to the University of Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, Mississippi uh, for three years. And over time, and this is what gets a lot of people, because usually when it comes to a vocation to the priesthood, um, People will say, well, a priest asked me, have you ever thought about priesthood? Or somebody said, you'd be a good priest. Nobody ever said anything. Nobody <laughs> asked you or said anything Probably because I was a shy, quiet <laughs> kind of, I wouldn't even be an altar server. I was too you know, shy to be in front of everybody. Um, and so here's the Lord. He's got me in front of people um, every oh, day he is, he is that way. He, <laughs> that knows. Is, he doesn't choose the best. He has, but he, he, he shows us the gifts that he gave us that we didn't know we, we had. We didn't know we had. Isn't exactly, that amazing? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He brings it forth. He That's brings right. it forth. And so, um, so after three years of, you know, um, I had a good, good time at, at Southern Miss, you know, I had a, everything was going for me. You know, I was in a Catholic student center and student government, I had a girlfriend and a fraternity and had a job, straight A's, everything was going for me, but there was always a piece of me that was empty. And that was that piece of, I just feel like there's something more and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so, um, every once in a while the priesthood would come up as a thought. And so after three years, um, that thought became a tug and most of mm. yeah. And so, um, the Lord is that hound of heaven. Yes. You know, and oh, he is. He keeps going, he keeps going, he keeps going. And um, to, to spare all the little details, eventually, after my junior year at Southern Miss, I said, I have to go and see. Otherwise, I'll all be as- always be asking myself the question, you know, what if? What if God was calling me to this and I, I didn't hear it or I refused to, to respond to it? And so I said, I'm going to go to the seminary with the thought of, uh, I'm not signing up to be a priest. I'm simply going to discern more deeply um, if this is what God is calling me to. And so um, left Southern Miss after my junior year and joined uh, the seminary in 2003. Um, spent two years at St. Ben's in Covington, Louisiana, um, and then four years at Notre Dame in New Orleans. And was ordained in 2009, uh, in May 2009. 
Um, Ooh, so been that's almost going to be 10. It just hit nine, me. It'll be nine years in May. Well, it'll be nine years at the end of this month in May. Yeah, I, so. it, you, time is flying. It I, is. It didn't seem to be have been that <clears throat> long. Wow. Yeah. So I've had many, many experiences. I've, I've done campus ministry. Um, I've been in large parishes in the diocese. I've been in very small parishes in the country. So I've had a wide range of ministry mm. um, experience, and I've gotten to see the different cultures within the one culture of Catholicism, if you will. And so mm. um, it's been a great experience, and it's all been good. You know, every parish you go to is different, but th- there's uh, folks are always just good folks. Right, and people um, in the end are just people. They're just, yeah, and they're hungry for the gospel. They're hungry yes. for Jesus. And if you give that to them, you know, through your example and through your preaching and uh, through your teaching and through the sacraments, I mean... And just the person yeah. of who you are, too, because every priest... Is unique. Is unique. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not cookie cutters no, at all. No, by no means. <laughs> no, no human person is. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I've I've learned about you as we're as I've gotten to know you and getting to know you even better. You know, it's not just your homilies that I that I heard and that I could I realized he has a very intuitive heart and a really good ability to hear the human person, and he understands the human person, and he understands God really well, and has a very loving and caring way of expressing that, but also very very direct and very clear, and, and there's a lot of gifts there. But I actually, one thing that I'm remembering is I had an encounter with you when you were so generous with your time for coffee and Q&A with Father Paul as a gift of your time for Catholic Community Radio. That's right. And I yeah. offered to bring the treats, and I was extraordinarily moved as you fielded questions from people who made a little donation to the radio and they got to ask you whatever they wanted to ask you and there were questions all over the place and I watched you you're uh, don't you play baseball or yeah I watched they would throw the ball to you and you hit it cool you know hit it over (laughs) the fence you know and that's about as far as my sports references can go but I thought okay I'm watching you because I have a feeling I'm going to be talking to you at some point uh, on on radio or here on the on the podcast. So I'm I'm just very 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 grateful to God that He placed us together and that you are um, so generous with your time to offer your gifts and talents to the Faith and Good Council listenership. So I have a couple of questions for you sure. before the break. And I know there's more to your story. There's always more, and it'll come out as we're talking in in, in further uh, podcasts. But sure. I always love to hear. So I'm a convert, and one of the things that I I grew to are um, uh, the teachings of the church that I grew to love early on were the people, the communion of saints that are there to yeah. help us. Yeah. That was brand new to me, and I on some level just kind of knew that people in heaven could hear us, <laughs> you know, but to, to know their stories that there was, these are real historical people that lived that will pray for us that are in the beatific vision and can help us in the moment of our struggles and joys and sorrows. I want to know who are the saints that move you? Who are your favorite saints? So I think my number one saint, uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, Ooh, the little flower. We share that. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, and it's not she's not a saint that I would I pursued like I want to find mm. out about her. It was she was a saint, and I tell people this if they're if they ask she was a saint that pursued me. <laughs> yes, I would she say the same. She came to me in seminary. Never, never really um, knew much about her. Never read her autobiography, and she came to me in the seminary. I forget the details as to how, but we had some Carmelites that were studying at the seminary as well, and 
um, through the Carmelites. Uh, I, I believe one of them gave me um, the story of a soul. And throughout my seminary um, uh, life, if you will, um, or schooling, um, she would just pop up. She would just show up at different mm-hmm. moments. I can give one example. I, I ended up doing a hospital ministry in San Antonio at the uh, the Basilica of the Little Flower. Oh, and just oh, everywhere I went, she was there, whether it be a statue at a parish I was assigned. I was right out in the front. Everywhere I went, she was there. And I felt like she was pursuing me. Um, and there was even moments in prayer where I would feel her presence. It oh, was my. her wrecking me. And it was kind of oh, a... My. Two, I never had a little sister. I never had, Aww. and I never, I never, I mean, pretty much I did have an older sister, but we never grew up together, you know, right. the same age. And so I, I always had for, I just yearning for a sister and she became my, and is my spiritual sister. Um, I got to be honest with you, though, the first time I read her autobiography, I was, it I just per- didn't get it. Right. You know, That's I was like, it, okay. I, th- I would say most people's experience. It's in most people's experience. Too. And mm-hmm. I tell them, give it time, read it now. And then a couple of years from now, I'll go back and read it again, maybe with a commentary to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to tell you, the second time I read it, and I often say those spiritual classics, um, we don't read them, they read us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can go back two years, three years, five years later, and they will be so much different because you're in a different place in your spiritual life. Oh, and yeah. when I read her book the second time, I was like, holy moly. Fire! Yeah, yeah, she. This is why she is a a doctor of the church, and her spirituality, the little way, um, it was something that I kind of already was living out. But she just enfleshed it on paper, yes. and I was like, "Okay, here it is, Lord. You obviously have brought her into my life to teach me not just to have a nice saying I can pray to, but like teach me something through her." Like right. she's really got you in her mantle. Yeah, right? Just exactly. like our lady, she's got you, Father. She's got me too, and I oh, I look forward to talking more about. St. Therese and, um, and just how she has pursued me mm-hmm. as well. And so after the break, I want to know a little bit more about you in terms of y- your priesthood and how you're serving your current flock as, is it parochial vicar? Parochial vicar, parochial, correct. Parochial vicar, I said it right. Okay, good. At St. George Catholic Church. And then I want to tell people about your podcast. So after the break, stay with us. We'll be right back. In his book, The Way of Trust and Love, Father Jacques Philippe speaks to the perfectionist heart as he tells of the immensely liberating inner revolution of St. Therese of Lisieux. Like so many of us, Therese held untruthful ideas about God and herself, leading her to worry about her perceived defects, and to feel misunderstood, and to struggle with believing she was worthy of God's love. Therese discovered the mercy of God through a renewed understanding of the truth of the gospel and the sacraments bringing healing to her distorted ideas of God as a harsh and judgmental and unloving father. And in turn, she learned just how loved she was by God in her littleness and simplicity. In fact, it was just the opposite. Her perceived defects only attracted God's love, drawing her more deeply into his heart, which is a message of refreshment and encouragement for every one of us. I'm Stacy Galino, and this has been a Faith and Good Counsel Inspirational Minute. I'm so glad you're sticking with us here on the Faith and Good Counsel show. My guest today is Father Paul Gross. And before the break, we were just getting a little bit introduced to Father Paul Gross. He's a priest here in uh, the Diocese of, of Baton Rouge, really just on fire for the Lord. And we were just talking about how much you love St. Therese, and I certainly do as well. And Father Paul, 
I just, it, 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 some of the, them are transcendent and, and hard for me to put into words, but I just see your charism as so incredibly healing to the, to the mm-hmm. hearts of, of hurting souls. And I think that God has, it, this is my, my thinking, but I, I think that God has called you in a particular way in ways maybe you're not aware of, but through your person and through your priesthood to bring healing to hurting souls in this day and time. And so I wondered if you have some awareness or what your awareness is of your own gifts and talents and charisms and how you see yourself bringing those to your flock and also through the sacraments, certainly, but also in spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. Well, I would, I would say over the nine years of ministry or 10 years that I've been in ministry, I find myself, and, I, and it, has to, it comes through people's feedback, you know, I don't, and that's one of the ways to discern a charism. Um, is the charism of encouragement, which is has a lot to do with one-on-one kind of counseling and listening, and just the very presence, your very being, encourages the person, even if you barely say anything, and you probably know that as a counselor. Absolutely, 100% listening, agree. It, listening is not a passive um, human action. It is very active to be listening to somebody and to really be in tune to what they're saying. You're listening with your whole body. You're listening with your whole body. Yeah. And you have one leg in their world. You to feel what they feel, the hurt, the pain, um, the anger, but you have one leg in your own and in their world, one leg in your world. Um, and that's helps them to experience. Um, they're not alone in what they experience right now, what they're sharing with you. And they can pick that up. And of course, obvious all that is being, is the Holy Spirit kind of blowing in my sails to help me do that? Oh, because awesome. <laughs> I sometimes, in in my in my human interior heart, I'm thinking to myself, like, Am I really helping this person right now? I don't really know what to say. I don't have the right words. I don't have the cookie cutter textbook answer to give. I can just listen and uh, sympathize, you know, and and hurt with them, you yes. know. By by the same time, keeping one leg in my world, and but I find people will come to me and just start sharing. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell me mm-hmm. you're a great listener, and so they yeah. will confide in me something um, they may not, or certainly wouldn't confide in in most people. Um, and so you can see that coming out, especially um, in confession, would be probably the number one yeah. uh, pastoral counseling, mm-hmm. um, also in spiritual direction as well, um, any kind of one on one, but also too. And, and the Lord reminded me this several years ago: just side conversations with people after mass, when I can listen to what's going on, even if they, you know, they have tears or whatever, and just share a little bit with them at that moment. Right. It could be at a at a, a church function, you know, and this is the things where you have to be as a priest, people will pull you aside. Yes. Sometimes in the most, in your heart, the most inopportune times. <laughs> but if you recognize, okay, I need to be in tune to, to Jesus in front of me right now, because this is what he wants me to do. Um, that may be incredibly in, impact, just have a huge impact on the people that are there. Um, because they're not going to call the office, but they're going to might pull you aside at this function or after this RCIA meeting. And that's right. And that's when the ministry really happens. In that's my exactly mind, right. when I first started, I was like, well, I got to have an appointment. It's got to be, in, you know, it's got to be in some kind of formal setting when, the, you know, right. oftentimes it's not. Right. You know? and, and that's so. a very parallel to, to my work, you know, cause you know, the way that you're defined as, as a, as a psych MP, as a nurse or as a therapist, however you want to, there, there's all these aspects to it, but we're in a world of categories and a world of the split human person. And part of that, one of the wounds from that, or one of the manifestations of that wound is, 
it's got to be in this formalized setting, you know, with this diagnostic code and that mm-hmm. conversation in this form. I would say most of my work happens outside of outside that setting. Outside of that, yeah. Same with you. Same, yeah. Yeah. Ministry mm-hmm. happens outside of that. And so. I love that. I'm mm-hmm. much, much happier that way. Yeah. I, I think that's that's the most helpful because you can just be free to be with that person and, and not... Anyway, we, we digress. Yeah. You, but you get what I'm saying. And I Absolutely. love that you, you made that point. Um, it's just... And really, it, for, for listeners... You don't have to be just you know a priest or a, a a therapist or someone in the helping professions. It's whatever your your education or experience. It's it's more than that. It's your person. So being person. present to another person and being exactly. the, right. Exactly. So we are all called to that. Would you agree? All of us, absolutely. Amen. Just the um, the ministry of presence. You know what Mother Teresa said perfectly. Um, in a beautiful way, the, the worst form of poverty is the poverty of loneliness. Oh, my goodness. And not having anybody who shows that they care. Mm. And, um, mm. and she said the West, United States particularly, is the most impoverished in that. Yeah. Um, and mm. this is somebody who came from, you know, Calcutta, which is, you know, materially very pover- impoverished, but um, loneliness, she said, was the worst. And so mm. your presence, even though you may not have any... Um, kind of a PhD or, or therapeutic answer to give them your presence and your concern. It may be exactly what they need to heal. Exactly. So. And knowing, and sometimes there is nothing to say. There isn't. Mm. But being that instrument of the Holy Spirit and being open by being present with that person and listening with our body, like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, that's the best healing. Really, yeah. we don't we don't have the right words to say, you know. Yeah. We just don't. And I, I mean, think a lot of people are not looking for an answer; they're looking for exactly communion. What, communion. Aren't they looking for communio? Exactly. That's communio personarum, right? Yeah. So that that being a gift um, that I find, you know, wherever it may be, however it may play itself out, um, I find the Lord has used me mm. in, in, in amazing and miraculous ways. Um, and so, thank you for your yes to thank that. You. May I say, on behalf of all my listeners, <laughs> so well. Okay, so this leads me next to in our last few minutes here. Time goes so fast on the Faith and Good Council show. We've got a project, and we're being open, right? We're being open to the Holy Spirit. But as I mentioned, I have been quietly taking in and receiving from you, but also recognizing these these gifts, some of which I just don't even have words to describe, and wanting to bring that to my listeners, but also feeling a particular call from the Holy Spirit, from Our Lady, especially, that the world needs to hear from Father Paul Gross. Don't want to get you all pumped up, Father, okay? Don't want you to get unhumble here. <laughs> No, we're, she, we're she being silly. Me, <laughs> me too. I, I, yes. So, but but there's something that I don't know what it is, but that the Lord wants from you to share with His people through technology, through the gift of the Faith and Good Council Apostolate, and who knows from there, Father. So we're just going to get your get your feet wet. But we've got our project that we mentioned earlier in the show that we're thinking is going to be pondering Catholic things with Father Paul Gross. And we've got a few episodes in the can, and already you can see, Father, that they take on a life of their own. So I wonder, so the idea is that I approached you with, and you prayed about it and then said yes. It was another yes. 
this this uh, integration, if you will, we think we're doing the integrating. It's already one thing, but of theology and psychology and and physical health and and, and body soul, like the whole human person, and healing of the heart and and uh, those kinds of things. They're all one big gumbo. And I was thinking in my mind that this would be a really good combination. But to give you a place, a forum for you to speak outside of mass, mm-hmm. you know, and Q&A, coffee with Father Paul. And you said yes. And so I want to tell people what you're thinking about this and, and where you think this is going. And maybe a little bit about the shows we've already recorded. Yeah, well, I, you know, one thing that um, some of the, the themes that, that come up um, not just periodically, but very often uh, in confession or pastoral counseling is um, people struggling with perfectionism, uh, self-hatred, um, self-criticism to where it becomes enslaving, you know, to them. And um, so we're talking about that, the mercy, of, uh, the mercy of God in light of those things, understanding one's relationship with God the Father and having a clear understanding of who God is, right? Now, that's a lifelong journey. We will never grasp our minds around that, not even in heaven. Um, but that is just key to understanding myself, my identity, my core beliefs, which from that comes our pattern of thinking, which is getting to the mental health, the pattern of thinking, the attitude, the behavior. Um, and well, from the, the pattern of thinking comes our behaviors, right? How, why we respond the way we respond right. to certain things. And so understanding that, Again, going back to, um, I think, a good scripture we will continue to go to is the truth will set you free. The truth of who God is, the truth of who I am, will set me free from those internal um, chains like perfectionism, um, anxiety, stress, um, whatever it may be. You can can name it um, self-hatred criticism, discouragement, um, self-loathing, unworthy Mm -hmm. shame, those things um, that bind us from being free, right? Right. From letting our wings spread and be um, the son or daughter that the Lord is is calling us to. um, And cause us to not only hurt ourselves and be enslaved ourselves, but mm -hmm. because we're in relationship with other people, it hurts other people. Exactly. Without intending to. Not intending, yeah. Not intending to. Or we we get addicted to things or we we have other, you know, in theological terms, it's idols, but, Mm -hmm. you know, or attachments, you know, to drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, vanity. I mean, the list goes on. The things that we try to reach for, to bring us that peace and that truth and that mm-hmm. freedom that they will never satisfy, right? They never satisfy. Yeah, exactly. They just, they dig a deeper hole sometimes. Yeah. A lot and of the times they dig a deeper hole. Um, when initially they look like, okay, this is my answer. This is my my medication, if you will. Um, it's, it's deception, you know, yeah. um, and very much so. And so we will touch on those things and also just the question of suffering. We, we, we touch on the question of suffering and, um, because all of that falls under the umbrella of suffering and why me and the need to control, mm-hmm. um, the lack of trust in God's goodness, his sovereignty. Um, of course, we look to the scriptures um, uh, to help us with that. Many of the scripture stories, certainly our Lord and our Lady, um, mm. who shows us the, the path to discipleship, our Lady, and of course, our Lord, um, his merciful heart towards Amen. us. So. Amen. Um, and you know, I'm thinking too, as we're sitting here, 
there's for me the Catholic Church and coming to know who I am through that Catholic lens all those years ago, beginning at age 19 and moving forward, has been incredibly freeing and incredibly healing for me, where there were tremendous struggles prior to that and during and beyond, but knowing where to put them, knowing how to understand them has been so incredibly heal. I've already said it healing Mm -hmm. and freeing. And I remember a lot of the misconceptions and the distortions that I had been taught about specifically the Catholic church. And maybe in some of our talks, maybe they won't be so much, um, faith and mental health oriented, but maybe they'll just be about truths of our faith Mm -hmm. because that's ultimately what unlocked it for me Mm -hmm. is it and helped me to grow in faith and helped me to grow in understanding of my person in a way that, that uh, no disrespect to any of my colleagues or to myself, but no mental health provider can do because, you know, a purely secular model or a purely medical model divorced from God can never bring full healing. Not every person needs, you know, medication and certain kinds of therapeutic interventions and so forth, but every person needs to know who they are and who God is, right? Amen. Yeah, I think of of Gaudium et Spes 22, John Paul II, you know, that that Christ reveals to man who, along, I'm not, I'm just paraphrasing, Christ reveals to man who man is right, at the very core. And so without him, you take that out of the picture. Um, and we're obviously, we're, almost, we're taking the hub away from the wheel. We Absolutely. may have the spokes, you know, we may have the good um, uh, psychology and things like that, but it, it, it can only go so far without the hub. That's exactly right. And, and, I, and I encountered <laughs> it can that. It only goes so far, you know, um, Science is a beautiful gift, but everybody needs to know, let's go back to the beginning and figure out who we are, let God teach us rather who we are so that we can move forward. And it's amazing to me that a lot of things that I was attached to or whatever, when you, when you take your eyes off of those things and you, you place them in learning, really trying to understand and opening your heart and having that desire, he brings to healing the things that you've, you're not even attached to them anymore and you didn't even recognize that that was being healed. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense or sure. not. But that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Because you've amazing. invited the Holy Spirit in, who's probably the primary therapist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the divine. Jesus is the divine, divine therapist. Phys- yeah, divine physician. Divine physician. Yeah, Amen. in that Amen. way. And so uh, it's all, you know, science and 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 our, our, our faith, certainly by no means are in contradiction to one another or in competition, but they they are one, you know, they all lead to the truth who's Jesus. Um, and so uh, even, you know, think of St. Albert the Great and I mean, they were both scientists and theologians of today. They're all, as you mentioned, they're all pigeonholed. They're all categorized and everybody, Mm -hmm. um, but they all lead to Christ. And so having a good integration of all, all of it, you know, the, the good cognitive behavioral therapy, um, even medication on, on some level, um, but also having the good sound theology and spirituality. We gotta have it. Um, it's it's the being and the doing, the body and the soul, all one exactly. thing leading us toward ultimately truth. I love it, Father Paul. Thank you. I'm I'm just so excited about seeing where the Holy Spirit 
is going to be leading you and leading us in this new venture, this new Faith and Good Counsel venture. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to see, I, I specifically, I just, somehow I just intuit and know that the Lord has very special plans for you. As people begin to hear him being spoken through you, there's just no telling. You better hold on. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you better hold on because right. you said yes. <laughs> so, give him the car keys. Give you him, sit in the passenger seat. You don't exactly never know right. where you're going to end up. So, Amen. but it's an adventure. As you okay. Said. Well, well, I would love if you would send us off with a blessing. Sure. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. And may the Lord, in His goodness, send His blessing upon you. May he watch over you, may he keep you, may he shine his face upon you, be gracious to you, and give you his healing, uh, peace, and his love, the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Paul Gross, for the gift of you, and sharing you in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Blessed Trinity, and Our Lady with our listenership. And until we are together again, friends, Pax Christi, y'all. See you next time here on the Faith and Good Council Show. Bye-bye now.